Hey team and welcome back to Today I'm Growing, another episode with Jennifer today. We've talked about our hormones, our periods in the last episode. You should definitely check it out. It was really, really interesting. I have learned a lot and I hope by listening to it, you will also learn a lot. And by learning, you know, we are growing <laughs> today. Another episode with Jennifer, but it's something a little bit more out of a personal experience, something I've really struggled with for a really, really long time. Something that really affects me because I get a lot of DMs from you guys about telling me, Anna, I don't have my period. It's something we really have to talk about, girls, because it doesn't seem as dramatic as it really is. It is dramatic. We all should know about it. We all should learn about it. We all should have our periods. It's a good thing. That's something we've learned about in the last episode. And yeah, today, Jennifer, I really want to dive into this with you. Why do women lose their periods? And why is it a really, really bad and dangerous thing? Thank you. Yes, super excited to be here. So let's dive into why women lose their periods, because there are so many reasons. Um, so technically, a lost period is it's been gone for about three months. So that's the moment where you know, okay, it's really time to get a checkup, blood work done, all that stuff, ask questions and find out what's going on in your body if there are any other issues as well. And period loss actually affects so many girls. Like it's around three to 4%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's millions and millions. So you are not alone if this is happening to you. So the first thing I, we can talk about, of course, is physical stress. So sometimes we think working out is super healthy, but doing too much for your body, it can actually kind of work against you and it can be negative and it can cause too much stress. So any extra stress you put on your body is going to release that stress hormone, cortisol. Um, and this can really basically affect your other hormones. So this can affect your reproductive system. And really, it can also mean that you just don't have enough energy for your body to work healthily. So if you don't have enough energy, basically your body is going to just focus on its basic survivor things, right? Because reproduction is not a basic necessity for humans, like your heart pumping and your blood moving. This is a basic human necessity for survival. So basically, it's kind of like your body is shutting down a little bit in some ways, and it's just focusing on how to survive. So physical activity, we really have to be careful to not overdo it and overstress our bodies. So I think that's a big one. Um, and then next, of course, mental stress. We also don't realize that how much this can also affect our reproductive system because, again, you've got cortisol going. It can interact with your other hormones and just create a general imbalance. So you might have a, like, for example, a lot of times when you're extra stressed, PMS symptoms maybe might be worse, right? So it's just going to create a lot more fluctuation and issues there. Um, and then a big one, of course, is nutrition and your body weight. So like women need fat. We also, you know, we all think like I need to be maybe a certain size. Oh my gosh, I have cellulite. I hear see fat. That's okay. That's part of being a woman. We need fat to survive and women generally need more fat than men. And our fat cells actually store some hormones like estrogen. So if you don't have enough fat, for example, um, this is also going to cause hormonal irregularities because maybe your body isn't getting enough of estrogen or it's just not able to store it. 
whatever it is, it can be causing imbalances. So we need some fat. Um, and then again, if you're perhaps overweight and there's an excess of fat, this as well is going to cause an imbalance because you will have extra estrogen maybe. So both of these factors really just are going to create a lot of ups and downs. Um, and then I know you wanted to talk about, you mentioned fasting earlier, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, before we started the podcast episode, we talked about fasting because mm -hmm. that's also something I've noticed or experienced when I tried intermittent fasting. And guys, you guys ask me so often what my opinion on intermittent fasting is. I've tried it mm -hmm. and it actually worked great mm -hmm. at the beginning. I felt more energized. I felt good. I just had my coffee in the morning and it made me power through many, many things in the morning. But I did lose my period mm -hmm. also during this phase. So I was wondering... What's going on with fasting? Why is it working so good for men? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why it might not work for women? Yeah, so this is really important. We see all these studies about how fasting can be helpful for you. It can help reduce inflammation, cell regeneration might improve. So yeah, there's no denying that it can have benefits. But the female body is so different from the male body. We have way more hormonal fluctuations than men do. So women are actually much more sensitive to caloric deficits than men. And we're also much more sensitive, usually, to going longer periods of time without eating. So if you go too long without eating, basically your hormones are going to start being like, hey, what's going on? I'm not getting that energy I need. Um, so that's why it's actually recommended that maybe men can do 16 hours fasting or more, but women shouldn't do more than 14. And really, some studies even say 12 hours, which is, you know, from dinner to breakfast, which could be manageable for some people without trying. But if you push too hard, if you're not giving yourself enough energy or often enough, this is going to affect your hormones. So that's why it's so important um, to really see like, wait, am I getting, you know, side effects? Am I getting like jittery, headaches, hunger pangs? Then maybe it's time to listen to your body and eat, right? Like we can't always ignore everything. It, it doesn't mean, you know, that it's good for us. Longer fasting is not always better. So that's super important to know. It, it might not work for you. And super important note, um, fasting is, It can be incredibly dangerous for any girl, woman who's had a history of disordered eating or if you feel a lot of stress around food, right? Because you are just creating more restriction. And what happens with restriction is as soon as you feel like, okay, I've done my restriction, then sometimes people really overdo it, right? You can go crazy. Like you hear stories of like, oh, I fasted 16 hours and then, oh my gosh, I ate like, you know, three hamburgers. I don't know, for example. So the more you restrict yourself, you also have to look at how that affects your mental health. Restriction can lead to eating disorders, yo-yo dieting, binging. This is super important. Late night snacking. Like if you're like, oh, I'm so good during the day, but at the end of the night, You know, I just feel like I constantly need to eat and eat. Maybe that's because during the day your body wasn't properly nourished and now you're allowing food. So you're kind of like, ooh, let me eat anything and everything. You might be really kind of starving mentally or physically. Which is a good feeling first. Yeah. So we all have to be honest, eating a chocolate bar at the moment mm -hmm. feels amazing, but it's actually just extra stress that you put on your body and on your mental health, as you just said. What do you mean, like eating it? Like, I feel like like this this joy you feel in the moment for uh -huh. a second, but that it's not making you happy. Like after half an hour, you might feel so guilty. You might feel so bad. 
and it's so much stress for yourself. Like it's even more stress that you have before. Yeah, like that all depends right on the person. Like, do you mean like if you break your cycle with this or just in general, like eating when you're not hungry and snacking? Oh, I'm no, what I'm more thinking of is you've just fasted the whole oh. day. Then you have this whole overeating experience mm-hmm. in the evening. Like you really need it. So in this moment, it might feel good. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. But after you just beat yourself up because you did it. Right. And that's so much extra stress for yourself and for your body, for your mental yeah, health. Exactly. And it's this and it's this toxic cycle you're in. Exactly. So it's better to just go ahead, have breakfast, eat chocolate with your coffee if you want. Like don't restrict yourself. Let yourself have, you know, what you enjoy throughout the day. And the more you do that, the more you start letting yourself eat, you know, what you enjoy throughout the day, the easier the evenings will get because you don't feel like oh my God, I've been restricted all day, so I need this now. And even if you're not like hungry or craving it, you can maybe just eat it just to eat it, right? Like that happens to all of us. We're all just eating to eat sometimes. So that's super important. The more you give yourself proper nourishment throughout the day, the more likely you are able to decrease cravings, basically. And why is this also important for for losing your periods? Maybe some people think like, okay, now we end up talking about eating disorders. Now we're talking about overeating or undereating, Mm -hmm. not fueling your body. But it all comes down to that because that's all stress. Exactly, it's all mental stress, and it all can lead to you using you losing your period. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think on my channel fitness channel, health channel, and with my back history, eating disorder is a huge thing. And I can imagine a lot of girls looking up to me and they be like, oh my God, I may be in, in a toxic cycle and, and I get out of this. Um, so I quickly wanted to talk about eating disorders and especially one thing, because when I had way less weight than I have right now and I had no period, I went to different experts, different talk doctors. And there was one thing that you also mentioned right now, and it was, okay, we women need body fat. We need to gain weight. And that to me had been really, really dangerous as well or really scary as well because someone is telling you actually, okay, you have to get fat and that's the least Mm -hmm. thing you want to hear. It gave me the biggest anxiety and I had no idea what to do right now. So I'm thinking... As a girl, if you hear you need a little bit of body fat, what I want to share is that you don't have to get fat. Nobody's telling you you will get fat. Right. You will look absolutely stunning and healthy. Mm-hmm. Or you want to have this look that you want to have. It's all possible. It's all doable. And nobody's telling you you have to get fat. Right. That really scared me so much. Yeah. And if you just tell someone who's like super focused on being healthy and fitness, hey, you got to gain weight. It's like... <gasps> Wait, how's that going to affect me? So that's an amazing point. Like having a little extra body fat does not mean that, you know, you're going to be fat or anything like that. But it's also healthy. Having fat is good. Having fat is necessary. And like, you know, what our society even says is fat is so messed up. Like the whole body image topic is huge, right? Like we all feel like I need to look this certain way. But really think about it. Do you? If you gain 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds plus whatever, are your friends going to stop loving you? No. Like is anything really going to change? Like how you are on the inside, how you feel about yourself, that should not depend on your weight at all. Like period. That should not depend on your weight. So... We also just have to really look in our relationship with food and our body image. Like, why do I think I need to be so thin? Why? 
is is it really necessary? Is this really is this serving me even? Like is this causing me more stress to try and like eat perfectly? You know, that's another thing. Like and that is another even type of eating disorder, like orthorexia, like being so obsessed with being healthy that you can't even enjoy life. You know, maybe your friends invite you out for pizza and you're like, "Ah, oh, no," and you make up some excuse. But it's a lie. You're just afraid of eating pizza and gaining weight. So this is the moment to really go inwards and ask yourself, like, what is going on with my relationship with my body image? Like, why am I so uncomfortable with gaining weight? And and that's super important, something that we need all need to address and think about better, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting for me. I remember really when he said that you have to gain weight, that it really, really got me so anxious yeah. and got me so, so, so crazy. But I gained weight and I feel the best ever. And I have a little bit of boobs for the first time yeah. ever. And girls, I can just say it's like amazing. It's a good feeling. Yeah, and we can, we'll also talk about that, like how to slowly start like letting go and allowing yourself to eat more and what you can start with. That also can help. So we'll definitely dive into that as well. And I love this, what you just said, like slowly. Mm -hmm. I think that had been the key to me. You can't just change from one day to another. It is a slow definitely, process. Definitely. It's all a journey. Like, okay, for example, if you go to the doctor and they do say this, that you need to gain weight, it's not like you need to go home and eat 10 cheeseburgers. No, it's a really slow journey. Just like, for example, getting your period back is also a really slow journey. You can't expect it to come back in one month. It might take three. It might take six. It can really take time for your hormones to balance out. So with that, it's just starting to think about maybe little tips and tricks you can do to start maybe increasing your nutritional content and that could be like snacking on nuts and seeds keeping like some dark chocolate around having more fruit like if it's healthy stuff to start that makes you feel comfortable sure and then in the long run you can start experimenting with having some foods that maybe you deem um you know quote unquote unhealthy but we should really get used to not assigning morality to food. No such thing as good food. No such thing as bad food. It's just you nourishing yourself in whatever way that you feel like you need in that moment. So maybe that could be even um, like trying pizza at breakfast because maybe the morning is a safe moment, right? Like maybe at night you feel more nervous around food for some people. They feel like I don't have as much control. So maybe try pairing something that is a little scary to you at another time or another place where you feel safer. So there's lots of little tips and tricks we can do to slowly start letting ourselves say, hey, it's okay that I eat pizza or it's okay that I'm snacking. Like, that's all right. I'm, I'm human. I need food. I am biologically wired to want fat and sugar and salt, right? So the mental talk, the self-talk is super important there. And it takes time. Yeah, it takes lots of time. One thing when it comes to losing your period, and I think girls who experience that, sometimes, especially at the beginning, can I be honest? And I thought that's really cool. Mm. I thought, oh my God, I don't experience all the weird things that my friends experience. I can just live my life. Mm -hmm. I am in this amazing strong energy and I can push through like that was that was the beginning I have mm -hmm. to say I really thought it's cool and I post a lot on social media and especially on TikTok the younger generation I see a lot of comments who are like mm. yeah but be happy about it it's cool you don't have your period that's mm. nice interesting but why is it not a nice thing right. why is it bad and it is bad it is dangerous and I needed so many different people telling me that it is dangerous and then I experienced oh yeah I have days when I'm like really I wouldn't say depressed because it's a huge word but I when I felt like mm -hmm. really deep mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like we all just think, oh, I'm not bleeding. Great. I can go to the beach or whatever. You know, like we think about those superficial things, but there's actually stuff going on in your body. So first of all, again, it's always a checkup and hormonal work and blood work analysis because losing your period could be related to like maybe a thyroid disorder, maybe um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It could be related to a lot of things. Um, So basically, if you've lost your period, your body is telling you, hey, I'm not working as I should. That's the bottom line. Um, And the thing is that these hormones that are out of of balance, it's affecting so many areas of your life. Like we cannot just think, oh, I'm done bleeding. Great. Life's perfect. No, there's a lot going on. Your hormones and for example, estrogen, we were talking about, this affects so many areas. So your brain health, this is going to affect your cognition, your memory, your mood as well. It's going to be affecting even your fine motor skills. Like there's so many things it's interacting with. Um, It works as well, your hormones with your immune system, right? Your ability to fight inflammation and disease. And also for people who are active, I think it could be helpful to know that um, hormonal irregularities also affect your ability to grow muscle that's super important and bone density maybe we don't think about it when we're 16 but you are gonna care about how dense your bones are right in a few decades but maybe even not so long like there are cases of girls who maybe have struggled with malnutrition who develop like osteoporosis quite young so that is a real serious thing I had to hear that I think six seven or eight times I had to hear that my bones have a problem maybe yeah yeah, And I had to hear that over and over again. That's why I want to say it again, even though so many people on the internet already talk about it. But something is that's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Something is happening to your body and to your bones, yeah. to your muscles. I, I remember I had days with cramps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that also had been because I haven't had my period. Yeah. Or really, really sore muscles. Right. So I couldn't really recover well. Yeah. That's what I've experienced. That's it too. You need your hormones in balance to have proper rest and recovery system as well. It's all connected. Um, and like, just think, if you want to still be working out and fit and doing whatever it is you want to do in your 30s, 40s, 50s, like you're decreasing those chances basically of being strong and healthy even as you age. So I know it's so hard sometimes to think about future you, but we got to do that. We got to think like, wait a minute, when I'm like 40, 50, 60, don't I still want to be like able to go for a hike or, you know, play with kids, grandkids, whatever, right? Like that's, it's something to think about. So, and plus fertility, right? Like if you want to have a baby one day, hormonal imbalance can affect that for sure. It can decrease your chances maybe. That's the thing when you are so young, you're like future me, as you just said. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it. I yeah. just want to live my life right now. And it feels absolutely bomb amazing the way it is. And I don't want to be pregnant. So actually perfect. Mm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh my God, I thought it's like the best win that I can't get pregnant right now. Yeah. But that's just, it's it's stupid. Yeah, it's it's hard, right? And again, that just comes down to like the kind of diet culture we're in of just like wanting to be go, go, go and fit and do everything and be, you know, perfect. And no, like it's just there's something going on in your body that you need to check in on. And like, you know, if you are, if your doctor maybe is not as helpful as you want them to be, you have to push, you have to ask questions, you have to get your blood tests, maybe find a new doctor if they're not helpful. Like it's up to you to push to get the answers you need to find out what's going on in your body and really empower yourself. 
Yeah, good point. I wanted to talk about this because I also went to doctors mm -hmm. and it was really, really hard. It was hard to get information. First, I talked to my parents. I don't know, maybe they also haven't really learned about it. So it's hard for them to give me education on them. Yeah. I haven't learned anything about it in school. Trying to figure out things in the internet or on the internet, but it's also hard because there's so much information out there. Mm -hmm. And you just said what works for some people mm -hmm. might work for you, but m maybe it doesn't. Right. And then you go to a doctor, you go to an expert, you really think they can help you. But also they are, I don't want to say uneducated, but maybe just for some doctors, they are not so in this stressful and like mm -hmm. active lifestyle they mm -hmm. just in general and they tell you to take the pills mm -hmm. or to take any medicine right but that's not the right yeah. thing to tell someone exactly because what does the pill pill do exactly like you were saying for yourself right like the doctor was just told you to get on the pill yeah but what does it actually do yeah so that's going to basically it can help you get your period it can help you with your hormones um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help you address the root issue of your lifestyle habits so yeah it, it might help but it's kind of like a band-aid in some way mm. you know if you really want to get to the root issue of what's going on why am I not getting my period then okay taking the pill might help but that's not necessarily gonna solve everything and it's also not really necessarily gonna help you do mental reflection and rethink the habits you're doing and how this is going to affect you long term so that's really that's really a mixed bag it pretends that you are healthy, but you're actually not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, scary. For example, for me, I was on the pill for a long time. I got off of it, and I broke out in insane, painful acne. Like, it was bad. I didn't want to go out in public. Um, and the doctor just told me, oh, you're having a lot of, you know, inflammation. I don't know. Get back on the pill or take antibiotics. And I was like, ah. like, And I said, well, what happens when I stop the antibiotics? Will I get the acne back again? And she said, I don't know. Maybe you can always do another course of antibiotics and I was like hmm okay you know what I know what's going on acne is closely related to food so it was up to me to really you know go to my nutrition studies and really find out like why am I getting this and for me I found out through my own trial and error that it was that I'm intolerant to dairy and gluten as well sometimes affects me so you know, I'm still having my gelato and pizza every now and then for sure. It's worth a little zit, but it's not like before where I was having yogurt and like every day and all this stuff that was really affecting me. So that's why I think getting off the pill or just going on the pill can kind of cover up other things that are happening that you don't know about. Your skin is amazing now. How long did it take? Uh, it took a while. I'm not going to lie. It took a few months. Um, but I think, you know, honestly, it was so bad that within just a few weeks of stopping drinking milk, um, I, I was getting less new ones. So I could see. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something. And I knew, like, dairy is one of the most inflammatory foods there is. It's like dairy, corn, soy, gluten, alcohol, sugar, of course, soy for some people, eggs for some people. So, you know, a bit of trial and error. It's not like an easy way to go, but yeah, it, it took some time for sure. That was painful. That was embarrassing. Oh, wow. You have yeah. to show me a photo. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. She really has like amazing skin next to me. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Good nutrition. <laughs> so interesting. The case of losing your period. So, if there's a girl listening right now, what can she do today? Mm -hmm. What can she try? What is a tip? 
Right. Do we have the period back? Yeah. Exactly. So we got to look at all these factors, right? Like for fitness, maybe check in. Like, am I overdoing it? Am I really pushing myself? Am I giving myself rest days? And if you're not sure, experiment, right? Trial and error. Maybe give yourself some more rest days. See how it goes. Um, and with nutrition as well, like there are certain foods that are especially helpful. And of course, these are going to be, you know, eating the rainbow like you love, natural whole foods. So fruits, vegetables, um, nuts and seeds, lean proteins. And yeah, a note like dairy and red meat can affect some women with the hormones. So that is something to pay attention to to see if that affects you. Um, and of course, decreasing, if you can, you know, the processed stuff, the sugar, because that leads to inflammation, which can also affect your cycle because it affects your hormones. But at the same time, because we spoke about, you also should allow yourself to eat those types of sure. foods. For sure. So okay. that's like, now it's like a little bit of a, okay, we say do eat these things, but don't eat these things. Yeah. You know what? I also think it's the way you think about it, right? Yeah. And it's the way you eat it. Mm -hmm. Being mindful about it, enjoying every single thing you eat mm -hmm. and eat it because of the right reasons. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. Every Friday, I order my favorite pistachio pizza because I love it. It is the bomb. What it's amazing. Pistachio oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> There's like burrata in the center. You have fresh basil, pistachio pesto, pistachios crushed on top. It's amazing. And I'm like, you know what? I love this pizza. I don't care if I'm like a little bit lactose intolerant. It's worth it every now and then because I see how it affects me. If I'm reacting a lot, okay, maybe the next week I won't. But in general, if I'm, you know, having a balanced diet and eating well most of the time, having pizza at once a week doesn't hurt me. So I'm okay with that. And it's delicious. I love it. You never know how long your favorite restaurant's going to be open. So take advantage. So yeah, it's that. It's balanced. Like sure, there are foods that are you know, offering you more nutrition than others, but that doesn't mean that you can never eat the other less nutrient-dense things. Like, not at all. It's that balance, again, and being okay with knowing, uh, hello, of course I'm not going to go the rest of my life without eating, like, ice cream or pizza or chips. I love that stuff. I'm going to have it, and I'm going to know it's okay because I also love fruit. I love vegetables. So that, of course, can take experimentation with cooking. Some people don't like veggies. But it's experimenting with finding foods that bring you joy, that make you feel good, and letting there be a balance between that. That's so important. Yeah, balance is a huge thing. And even a nourishing meal that is the healthiest meal ever, and you actually like it. Mm -hmm. But in this moment... You rather prefer to hang out with your friends and maybe eat a little pizza yeah, together and share healthy. it together. It is healthy too and it's important and mm -hmm. it's even healthier than the nourishing meal. That's what it I've is. learned. It is. Like this is the thing. Like for the girl out there who's saying no to going out with her friends because they're eating unhealthy. Okay, but going out with your friends and socializing is so healthy. Actually, your social connections, it's one of the biggest markers of your health. This helps you with depression, anxiety, inflammation, everything. So really valuing your social connections and just being like, whatever, let's go out, let's order pizza, order sushi, enjoy it. It's all worth it. It's all part of a balanced lifestyle. And I love that line, like a balanced, part of a balanced life is also sometimes going out of balance. You know, when you travel, you're going to eat maybe more unhealthy things. That's okay. That's part of life. Like we can't obsess over every little thing if we also just know that we're you know trying to find like the healthy foods that make us feel good and maybe the slightly less nutrient dense ones that we just really enjoy it 
and and we are mindful about it and we're like, oh, you know what? So delicious. I'm loving it. Then that's healthy. You're happy. So good. Enjoy your pizza like I do <laughs> every week. <laughs> I love that. Same with alcohol. Yeah. That one is a moderation thing for sure because of how much it can affect your hormones. Um, alcohol is is a big one. So like recommendations is no more than one drink a day for women, two for men. Um, but some newer studies, and even like Canada is, is like, you know, like thinking about changing recommendations because it can just really affect you in more ways maybe that we know. And there's no denying that it's linked to a lot of things like certain cancers and hormonal imbalances. So alcohol is definitely... Moderation, like, okay, you're going to have a glass, you're human, that's fine. You don't need to feel guilty and beat yourself up over it. It's just observing and paying attention. Like, am I doing this in an okay way? Am I enjoying it? Or is it like, <clears throat> is it like a stress response? Mm. Am I just drinking because I, I need something, right? So it's a good moment for self-reflection at that point. Yeah. But that it, it's the same for food. Yeah. Like, really, why do you eat it? How do you eat it? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it before, during, after? That's huge. But having a drink or going to a party, oh my God, I was not drinking alcohol for so long because I was just, it's not its not fitness, it's not right. healthy. Right. But now going out for a party sometimes, it's just so much fun. And yeah. having like one or two drinks, it is fun. And it's the social interaction that you described, which is absolutely That's it. Fun. Like, you know, if you want to have a drink and you want to enjoy yourself with friends, then go for it. Enjoy yourself. And remember, like social interaction is good for your health too, right? So that's okay. Like there's no one... You know, we don't need to judge ourselves. We don't need to judge others. It's all about looking inward of like doing it for a balanced living, basically. So that's that's really up to the person. That's really looking inward and seeing and seeing what's going on there. We talked about stress. Stress is the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like for so many oh, things. That line even stresses me out. <laughs> stress <laughs> kills. Oh my God. Way to make me more stressed. Thank you. <laughs> but, can I, but can I be honest? You can't avoid it. Like it's no. there. Yeah. It's here. It's there. It's more about the way you live with it. Like exactly. What you do exactly. to deal with it. Exactly. Like this, I think, is so huge. Like, you know, rates of anxiety are skyrocketing depression as well and I think an interesting thing is like when we start feeling anxious like you know one of the first things we think is I don't want to feel this way how can I get rid of this right we don't really accept that weight stress and anxiety and feeling down this is a normal way of life um, those can be normal ways of course I'm not talking about like actually having anxiety disorder and depression that's another topic but these general ups and downs are a normal natural way of life and we don't have to fight it right like we can be like okay I'm feeling anxious right now why what's going on and when you take a minute to pause you can kind of help yourself think about what's going on and why am I feeling this way and is there some action we can take? So negative emotions are actually super healthy. They're very good for you. They help you take a look at what's not working for you and they help you take action towards changing that. So negative emotions are there for a reason. They're not something to avoid. They're not something that we should try and, you know, substitute with whatever it is, food, alcohol, you know, whatever we do. We all have our coping mechanisms. But it can be just a way to really 
sit with it, feel the discomfort, because you're allowed to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. And ask yourself, what is going on that's bothering you? And is there anything you can do about it? Or do you just need to rest, right? It's it's a self-reflection moment again, which we're, we're all like just learning how to do now, I think. Do you have any techniques that you use yeah. if you feel really stressed? Yeah, I've got a, quite a few. Mm. Actually, I think this can be super helpful for people. It's kind of like almost making yourself a mental list of like different go-to like things that you can do when you're stressed because not one will work for every moment, right? It all depends on the moment. So my biggest one that helps me for sure is I get outside and I go for a walk in a green space. That's huge for me. Like, and and I see why, like when you read the studies, like going to nature for even within 10 to 20 minutes, it can actually lower your cortisol levels. And also when you're walking, it's helping you breathe better, right? Because I'm going to be honest, when I'm like really stressed or anxious, the last thing I want to do is sit there and like try and force myself to do breathing exercises. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it stresses me out more. It's like, just meditate. Oh my gosh. Sometimes don't you sit there and then your thoughts are spiraling more and more. Like meditation can't always be the answer, Mm. but going outside, walking, it actually helps your brain be a little more analytical and it naturally changes your breathing. It's not forced. So that's my number one, change your environment. If you're spiraling, something's going on in your mind, get outside to nature, preferably if you can park, whatever, and move your body. And then it's not so forced. It's more just like natural movement that can help you calm down and calm your cortisol level. So I think that's that's my biggest one for sure. Getting outside. I love it. I yeah. love it. And going outside. I don't know. You you might go anyways without your phone, right? Or yeah. you don't look at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for that's, sure. That's a good one. Because what stresses me out is in a stress situation is really being online and being yeah. on social media. The biggest thing for me is going offline. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> for everybody. Outside. Yeah, exactly. You Maybe leave your phone at home or put it on airplane mode, or like take off the notifications. Like I think we all, if we are in a phase of checking our phones a lot, it's like an itch, right? Like you can't stop. Like your hand is reaching for it. You feel like, did someone respond? Do I have to connect? Like, you know, it can really be spiraling in your head. So taking those breaks, oh, There was a really great study done on um, this social media and anxiety and depression and mood. And it was showing that if you can decrease to just 10 minutes a day, um, I forget, I think it was like a few weeks, months, whatever, people really noticed a decrease in their sense of loneliness. That was like one of the biggest ones, a feeling of loneliness, comparison, and then just general feelings of like anxiety and sadness. So yeah, like it's, it's like an addiction, right, for a lot of us. Um, but giving yourself maybe these like designated breaks, especially before bed, right? Um, giving yourself these designated breaks can be huge in just helping you calm down and take yourself away from all that external noise and go a little more inward. Oh my God, it's such a conflict for me to talk about it. But I share more and more on social media like that I have to take a step back yeah. myself to be a consumer I'm more creator I spend more time creating but at the end of the day I want people watching my stuff so mm-hmm. for me as a creator it's important to bring people to the platforms and watch a lot of things mm. I want that I want to get that my videos get seen and stuff but it's a little bit of a conflict because at the same time I want 
them to not spend the whole time on their phone. Like right. everyone listening right now, I think it's so unhealthy to spend so much time on social media, which is a conflict because I'm the creator. Mm-hmm. I'm creating content for it <laughs> and I want people to watch it. I think it's being mindful about it. Yeah. And it can be helpful. To be honest, spending time on social media can be so empowering. It can be inspiring if you watch the right things, of course. But spending too much time on it mm-hmm. is really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really, it makes you feel depressed, mm-hmm. anxious. And it stresses you even without realizing. That's it. We don't even realize. Like, no. if you put it away for a while, like, I gave up social media for a while. And it's just, wow, you can really let go of that anxiety to check your phone, I think, a bit quicker than we than we realize. Like, you get over maybe, like, you have some withdrawal, but it can happen. And I think people hearing you even say, like, oh, I like to take breaks too, that's amazing. I think people will really check in and say, oh, maybe I should take some breaks too. And there's so many tips and ways to kind of start winding down. It doesn't have to be, like, cutting off completely no um it can just be giving yourself moments giving yourself like a social media free sunday whatever it is you know like that's it depends on your needs and how you want to start but that can be a super helpful way just to take a breath stop like maybe comparing yourself and i think that goes unconsciously too i think we do a lot of unconscious comparison on social media that can make us feel a bit more like ah oh, why aren't i doing that or uh you know that's hard totally it's hard i mean different things work for different people for sure you don't need to be offline for a week you don't need to be offline for a whole day even if that scares you yeah <laughs> but even just enjoying social media again had been a huge thing for me like I have my hour Mm -hmm. where I'm on social media where I get my inspiration Mm -hmm. from it's amazing I follow the right people I feel like because they make me feel better that too that's huge like follow the people who make you feel better and you don't compare yourself to anyone Mm -hmm. who has a better body or who has a better life Mm because we anyways know it's like we don't know we don't know (laughs) we don't know so whatever works for you but be aware of it yeah like that's all that's such a great point being aware that even what you see we don't we don't know every like we're all going through stuff that's what it means to be human we all are struggling with something like that's so important to remember there's there's always something going on no matter what it looks like on social media we're all human we all have our own struggles so whether it's shown or not it's there so don't forget that either So to get your period back, we talked about some general things. We talked about nutrition a lot. We Mm -hmm. talked about stress, physical activity. There's just one thing I think we have to mention in this podcast because there can be different diseases as well, right? Right. So there could be something that you might not know about, but you should check like really with a professional. Exactly. Maybe something else is going on. Exactly. This is super important. That's why it's so important to track your cycle, to see what's going on. So if you're noticing irregularities, if you're noticing, for example, spotting between periods, um, if it's more or less than 21 to 35 days between, um, if you're getting really extreme PMS symptoms, for example, like back pain and, you know, stomach cramps, yeah, you can have a bit, but you really want to watch and see if anything's changing. And if you're just not sure, that's when you should go see like a gynecologist, someone specialized, get a checkup. Again, the blood work's super important because yeah, it could be related to some thyroid disorders. It could be related to polycystic ovarian syndrome. It could be related to a chronic health condition, you know, like some women with um, diabetes as well, if it's not being treated properly, they can have issues. So 
That's why it's always so important to just get a checkup, check your blood work, make sure things are okay, and really ask questions. And if you're not getting answers, find someone else to ask questions to. So a professional that you can talk to might take some time to find, but it is possible and you should empower yourself to know what's going on. And just even if it's a question, even if you're just not sure, like you got to do the push, you got to find out yourself and you got to make sure that you know, you're getting the answers that you want for your body so you can feel safe. That's super important. So yeah, a little disclaimer, because we talked so much about food, but it's not always like... Yeah, it's not always food, for no, sure. Maybe for some people, it's something deeper that exactly. they really should get checked with a blood test. Exactly. Super important. To everyone who did not listen to the other podcast episode, to the first episode we recorded, yeah. if you want to track your cycle, I can highly recommend the app Flow. I use that now since a few months and it works really amazing. I'm such a big fan of it and I want to promote it here because it works, works absolutely amazing. Well, that's wonderful. I hope people do start checking more and just get more comfortable asking questions and talking with whatever, if it's with a friend at first, but just get more comfortable talking about your cycle, what's going on and going, even if it's a hassle, scheduling that checkup. Like it's, it's part of empowering yourself, I think. It's so good that we start to talk about it more often and in, I think in Europe in general, like people are more open mm -hmm. and maybe That's in the true. US as well, they start to talk about it more and more. I hope in other countries and regions as well, it yeah. gets more of a topic because I, I just heard today this morning we were talking about like in India, for example, like it's such a taboo topic to talk about it mm. and it, it girls even get blamed for it. So I really hope the world gets aware of it and... Yeah, I'll speak about it. I agree. It might take some time, but the more we do that with each other, with friends, with others, with strangers, whatever it is, the more comfortable we will all slowly become with talking about what's going on with our bodies and our emotions, how we're feeling and how things are affecting us. So let's all just be human and talk about it, right? Exactly. And it's actually a cool thing to talk about and it's actually a cool thing to just have it. Mm -hmm. So to end this wonderful podcast episode and I hope everyone got a little bit out of it and got aware of it. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, what do we think? Why should we have our period? What's the coolest thing about it? Oh, the coolest thing. <laughs> Maybe one of the coolest things about having your period is I think that feeling of being a strong, healthy woman, a feeling in control of knowing that you are taking care of yourself and you are doing your best to make yourself feel strong and healthy. Oh my God, I love this. Oh. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. And taking care of yourself comes with, yes, eating healthy and training hard. and That balance too, right? That balance too. The pizza. It, all comes, <laughs> it all comes down to... <laughs> Taking care of yourself. Exactly. I absolutely love That's this. That's it. It's some self-care. Love this. Love this. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot through this podcast episode. I really hope you too, to everyone's listening. Jennifer, give us a nice outro. Where can we find you? Yes. Yeah, so super happy to be here. Hope it helped people. Um, you can find me at mindfulfoodtherapy.com where you can get your own free guide for tips to help with emotional eating. And really, I talk more about this, like stress, hormones, cravings, and on Instagram as well, mindfulfoodtherapy. So yeah, let's, let's talk more about it. I'm super excited. Super, super excited. Thank you so much. Thanks for everyone listening. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode. At today, I'm growing. See you soon, team. <laughs> Bye.